My life flows on in endless song Above earth's lamentation I hear the real though far off hymn That hails a new creation Through all the tumult and the strife I hear the music ringing It sounds an echo in my soul How can I keep from singing? Before we knew words, before we walked erect, we sang. In many religious traditions, singing is the portal to the divine, an altered state of ecstasy. In many cultures, singing remains as vital to community membership as driving a car in suburban America. Singing made our history the Battle Hymn of the Republic, penned by Unitarian feminist Julia Ward Howe, carried Union troops to victory in the Civil War. Which side are you on? Union made and solidarity forever fired the struggle for decent pay and working conditions. When children faced down police dogs and billy clubs in the streets of Selma and Birmingham, they were singing, O oh, freedom, and we shall overcome. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Keep on a walking, keep on a talking, walking onto freedom land. Many of us, I fear, are forgetting how to sing. Less and less we create culture, more and more we consume culture, prepackaged by entertainment conglomerates. It's no coincidence that so many of us feel disempowered politically, economically, and socially at the same time we've been disempowered musically. I hear people say all the time, oh, I can't sing. They say it with rueful embarrassment, often with a little goofy smile maybe eyeing their spouse or their friends, bracing for the next tease, the next put-down. Many of us had painful experiences as children when we sang. We were shushed, elbowed, sometimes humiliated by our parents, our teachers, even our so-called friends. Maybe our second-grade music teacher told us we'd better just mouth the words while everyone else sang. Many of us have been so wounded by anxiety and shame around singing that we thoughtlessly pass these hurts on to others. And then we do it to ourselves. You don't want to hear me sing. Our culture is a willing accomplice in this conspiracy of silencing. Entertainment media permeate our living rooms and our bedrooms, automobiles and workplaces, waiting rooms and airport lounges. Why be bored by the outdoors or irritated by our fellow humans when we can plug our brains into an iPod? The result of this cultural colonization is not just diminished creativity, but also a hopeless competition with celebrities. For millennia, a celebrity was the best singer in the village. The rest of us content with carrying a tune as well as the next person. 
Now we match ourselves against Placido Domingo, Celine Dion, Taylor Swift. No wonder we feel we have no talent. It's a lie. Talent, writes Marge Piercy, is what they say you have after the novel is published and favorably reviewed. Beforehand, what you have is a tedious delusion, a hobby like knitting. Not that there's anything wrong with knitting. <laughs> Talent, Piercy says, is an invention like phlogiston after the fact of fire. The real writer, says Piercy, is one who really writes. I say a singer is anyone who sings. Singing is inherent, natural, God-given. Don't let anybody take your voice from you, not your spouse, not your friends, not yourself. Back when I was a touring musician, I met a lot of people who insisted they were monotones. Sometimes I had time to sit down with them, and with considerable encouragement, they matched every pitch I gave them. With still more encouragement, they carried a tune. They were victims not of genetic lack, but of cultural theft. The theft of their birthright of singing. I was blessed to grow up in a household where singing and music were taken for granted as ordinary pastimes of ordinary people. No one in my family was a professional musician, but music was everywhere, and not just on the stereo. We always had a piano in the house. My mother loved to play Cole Porter and would sing those magical lyrics in her husky, smoke-cured voice. To this day, I have no idea what the begin is, but I know that to begin it is a wondrous thing. <laughs> My father's only instrument was the lawnmower, but he too sang while doing chores. Do not forsake me, oh my darling, on this our wedding day. Do not forsake me, oh my darling, wait, wait long. In 1959, my dad brought home a Kingston Trio LP, with which I fell in love instantly and absolutely. I was seven years old. Soon I was learning guitar. Before I was eight, I joined the boy choir at the Crescent Avenue Presbyterian Church, mainly because a friend of mine was in it. Every Tuesday night, I'd be carpooled to an hour-long rehearsal. As a teenager, I sang in my school glee club and in a madrigal group at summer camp. Singing taught me habits for life, discipline, responsibility, teamwork, practice, perseverance, the confidence to stand in front of a large group, taking for granted that music and the arts are not just for girls. My wish for every one of you is for you to know that you are a singer. No, not the person next to you, you. Let us be known as a singing church. I'd love to overhear newcomers after worship saying something like, you know, the sermon I could take or leave, but boy, do these people sing. <laughs> Wherever you are, 
not just in church, not just in the shower. I invite you, no, I entreat you to sing. Take that guitar out of the closet, dust it off and play. Take that voice out of the closet, dust it off and sing. Sing the joy of being alive. Sing the sorrow and the suffering and the pain. Sing because you are a human being on this amazing planet Earth. You know, the psalm is very forgiving. It doesn't say, it doesn't say make beautiful music. It says make a joyful noise. A joyful noise unto the Lord. The Lord is not your second grade music teacher. <laughs> the Lord doesn't care if you sing off key. All God's critters got a place in the choir. Make a joyful noise. Jeannie, take it away. I wrote this song out of a meditation. Just going to do part of it. Close your eyes, look inside your heart. All the answers you need reside there. Peace and love come from within. So close your eyes, look inside for love. At a time of sadness, when the walls close in, when the hope that you had is gone, when you start to believe that the way is too hard, and you pray for relief from harm, just Close your eyes, look inside your heart. All the answers you need reside there. Peace and love come from within. So close your eyes, look inside for love. Close your eyes, look inside for love. Close your eyes, look inside for
In the early hours of morning, when a household's quiet reveals the hidden everyday sounds like the freezer motor humming, the cat chewing a plant in the next room, then padding off to a new adventure, cars going by in the distance, a clock ticking, the normal creaks of a house settling with its radiator breathing, perhaps a small water fountain in the other room bubbling softly and steadily, the TV turned off. In these early hours, I hear potential. Every sound is potential music. I listen in, I listen out. The beating of my heart, the ring of the kundalini cycles ever present in our ears when it's quiet enough to hear. Breathe in and out as muscles release and the dreams fade away to yesterday's business. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. I've been pondering a lot lately about our fundamental need for music. I put a lot of energy into music making, but why is this urge so very strong? I don't know. It just is. It's a part of me, though, as much as the shape of my bones or the nose on my face. It's in my cells. I have to share music with you. I have to sing as simply as I have to breathe. What about you? Do you have an urge to sing now? I have a voice student in his 50s who just started lessons. He's a professional musician, went to Berkeley, plays a lot of instruments, but never thought that anyone should ever hear his voice. He was told it was too ugly. Yet he's realized that after all these years playing, his instruments were really his voice. It took him until now to take the risk of being heard. And singing for him is becoming a cathartic, healing, and joyous part of his new life. Ralph Waldo Emerson writes, So is music an asylum. It takes us out of the actual and whispers to us, dim secrets that startle our wonder as to who we are and for what, whence, and where to. All the great interrogatories like questioning angels float in on its waves of sound. So why do some of us feel less entitled to be musical? Why do even those who play an instrument feel less entitled to sing? Each of us is unique. Each of our voices is unique. I'll tell you why in the workshop. <laughs> that individual quality is what is most interesting. Honor that voice inside you. Nurture it. Traditional music training 
so often teaches us to color inside the lines. That's a great place to start. Contemporary music, though, is the opposite. We're discounted for not being original. That can also be stressful. <laughs> we start with a melody, then we personalize the song and the harmony and the groove. Well, for me, music has always been accompanied with a compulsion to create my own melodies, words, and grooves. I had to learn to trust singing with what I perceived as imperfections. After learning to sing beautiful kind of singing, and I love, I just did an opera audition yesterday, as a matter of fact, but I learned how to make it imperfect, imperf too, to sing with humanness, whether that means growling a tune or singing that soaring high melody. It's all the voice. The voice is incredibly malleable. More of your brain is dedicated to your larynx than to any other single part of your body. Singing in worship is more about community than about beautiful bel canto voices. It is bringing our unique voices together in all their shapes and tones, just as we come together physically with a diverse set of stories and backgrounds and beliefs. This is an important quality of Unitarian Universalist worship. If it were all perfection, it would be Symphony Hall instead, which is a beautiful place to go, but that's not worship. Fred is right. Discount the critic sitting on your shoulder who tells you not to sing in church. Try it. I think that when him singing works well, it is because we are giving ourselves permission to be imperfect to raise that joyful noise. We realize that it's the process of making the music that is most important that frees people. And then we have something going on. Music so often expresses our vulnerabilities while it also celebrates our best qualities. It is a paradox. It puts it out there for everyone to experience together. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is beautiful. Singing, in particular, releases an indescribable expression that we tend to keep veiled on our day-to-day -day life. It expresses our emotional and true spiritual selves. It touches us. It gives us permission to have movement with emotion. It is very often cathartic. When we listen to talented performers, we are elevated with them to the deepest part of ourselves that we all share. That music can teleport us beyond language to non-verbal expression of being human. We share that experience together, and it simply feels great. So I do want to also say it is important to value listening, too. Some folks here this morning may rather listen than sing, to feel the sound vibrations shaking you all up or soothing your soul or drowning out the din of the week's hectic schedule, the news disasters, a constant moving. Yes, it can be really elevating to listen. So if that is your true self, 
today wanting that experience, I encourage you to be in that space too. But if your true self really, really wants to sing, go for it. No one here will tell you to mouth the words. You may even want to forget about reading the words ahead in the hymnal before you sing and not worry about agreeing with them. That's just a suggestion. The great conductor Seiji Ozawa said, music should never become routine or something you keep to yourself. It is something you give from inside yourself to other people. Can I have an amen? Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right. Let us join our voices together one more time for our high final hymn this morning, which is Wo Ya Ya.